There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk in the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 5 of Season 3 of The Magicians. God, it does not seem like five episodes in. Yeah, really. It's and like the season will be over. Have, yeah, might have been the best episode ever. Oh, it was amazing. It was so yes, much, it was. and it was like really pulling at the heartstrings. Oh, yeah, did a whole lot of that. And you, honestly, like in the way that it was done, it's almost like, oh, this isn't going to make me sad. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, it's sad. Yeah. I'm trying not to cry. But before we get into all of it, why don't you hit us with some ratings news? All right. Episode 5 brought in a 0.26 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.795 million viewers, making it the 30th overall cable show for the day. Nice numbers. Nice. The Live Plus 7 for Episode 3 is in, and it tied for third in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain, going from a 0.2 to a 0.5, or an increase of 150%. Nice. It was 25th in viewers' total gain, going from 0.608 to 1.302 million viewers, or an increase of 0.694 million viewers. There's a lot of points in there. (laughs) Yeah, almost three-quarters of a million viewers increased. That is awesome. That's amazing. That's because this show is so good, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, crap, i got to catch up. Yeah, and it was 7th in viewers' percentage gain going from that point. 608 to 1.302 million viewers for an increase of 114%. Nice, nice. Yeah, so just two episodes ago, we we had barely 600,000, and now we're almost over 800,000 in the live plus same day. Yeah, and then pushing (laughs) well over a million. So this is amazing. And as we always say, you know, make sure you're tweeting Obviously, with us, we'd love to hear from you guys, but make sure you're tweeting the hashtag The Magicians because it makes a huge difference too with the social rating. Yes, it does. And it's had some crazy effects with other shows. With, I mean, I think we're doing pretty good and I think we're getting more, but still, it's always better. Make sure you tag them. And you always have members of the cast tweeting in the writer's room and the official uh, Magician Sci Fi. So, Make sure you, and they do both coasts too, east and west coast feeds. Yes. So awesome. Which we did get to learn something about Katie. Was it Jade Taylor? I always say her yes. real name wrong for some reason. Uh, apparently she does her own stunts. Yeah. Because the end of this episode, there things are a little physical, and she was tweeting out pictures of the bruises that she'd gotten from the stunt. So and of course Arjun Gupta who plays Penny who hasn't been around to be able to watch, but he is up wherever he is tweeting. He was in India. He was in 
France. I can't remember if he was somewhere else. But he constantly gets up to tweet. He's like, I can't watch it right now, but based on what you guys are saying, I'm guessing this is happening. How did you like this part of it? Right. So obviously these guys are really invested in it. And Margot is almost always on. Yeah. Now, the only person that I haven't seen, because I think he does West Coast, is Jason Ralph right. and Hale App- Appleton Applebum. Yeah. I always screw up his name. Elliot. Yeah. I think they both do West Coast. And then uh, Olivia will do both East and West Coast, depending on like the day. So, I mean, guys, these guys seriously invested, and they're doing this. So... Make sure you ask them whatever question you want, because 90% of the time, somebody's answering the question. Right. So, awesome. Now that all my PSA there is done, <laughs> let's jump into episode five, shall we? Let's do it. A day in the life. Julia helped Alice navigate a personal crisis as Quentin and Elliot go on an adventure. Well, that sounds nice and sweet, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound like we're going to cry and have our hearts broken multiple times and be horrified. No, it doesn't. But you know what? That's why they screw with us. And that's why they left all the F-bombs in this year. (laughs) So we open with the physical kids' cottage, which, hey, good news. It's been sold and moved and moved multiple times, so... They can't officially sell the property. So, hey, everybody can hang out in the physical kid's cottage. Great news. Great news. Because they don't actually know where it is, apparently. Right. (laughs) Which is weird. But Alice bumps into Quentin, and she seems really awkward all of a sudden. Yeah. and She doesn't want to talk. Right. It's not like they just were making out and then got busted or something. But mm, apparently she's really uncomfortable with their situation currently. And suddenly she's like, oh, don't say anything bad about Penny because he's right here. I'm taking the key because I need to do something. And Quentin's just like, okay. Quentin being the person who has been so uncomfortable for so long with everything seems to be the least uncomfortable with what's happening right now. Right. So why do you think that is? Well, I think he did tell Julia back, I think, in episode one that this is worth fighting for. And he keeps running into roadblocks as far as Alice goes, because I don't think she really wants to be on the same page as Quentin. She's got her own thing going on now, and I don't think it includes Quentin. See, I was just thinking that he has been kind of awkward all his life, and he thought he was crazy for a while because of the whole magic thing, and Alice has always known what was going on. And so Quentin can deal with not having magic and with awkward relationships a lot better than Alice. Oh, absolutely. And plus Alice, from earlier seasons, she was never, like, in a relationship because she was always the smartest kid in school. Like, everybody ignored her. She was the unpopular one. Right. So that's what I was thinking the whole thing was. And then you got poor Penny, like, I just need somebody to hold the key and talk to me. Yeah. (laughs) Although... I do have a question that somebody pointed out. If Penny is on the astral plane, why can't he still get into people's dreams? That's a really good question. Because then, like, he can just talk to them and they wouldn't need the key. I mean, obviously, for day-to-day, you know, in real time, but still, like, that just was a question that kind of stood out. I seen on Twitter, I'm like, huh. Yeah, that is is a really good question. Why hasn't Penny tried to get inside a dream and converse with him that way 
maybe that'll happen next, especially going yeah. back and forth with Fillory. Yeah. But anyway. So Alice ends up going to see Katie, who apparently, when you don't have insurance and there's not a nurse at break bills to help you out, you end up in a general psych ward. Yeah. Kind of sad. It was an overdose. Was it necessarily an intentional overdose that we don't know? But Alice is there and she seems, again, awkward. She's like, hold this key. Without telling her why. She's like, just do it. And of course, Katie's like, are you fucking kidding me? What is wrong? Just tell me what's going on. And she grabs the key. She sees Penny. She swears. She drops the key. Yeah. And then Alice is like, it's, he's not dead. It's the only way you can see him. I guess I was wrong. I'll leave you two alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's like not even, I'm sorry that I wanted to have the Death Eater, not Death Eater, <laughs> that's a whole other show. The Soul Eater, like, eat his body or whatever. You know, it's like, maybe apologize for something. Right. That's not Alice. No, she's just like, eh, just hold this, I'll give you time alone. Great. So you're going to let her talk to something that's not there, and so if anybody random walks by, she's already in a psych ward, they're going to think she really is super crazy. Exactly. Maybe you should have just... they don't even have to walk by. The security cameras are going to show that she's loony. Right. Maybe she should have just, like, sat down and let Katie, like, yell at Penny, but make it look like she's in the room. Right. But she didn't think things through. No. Ah, <sighs> jeez, Alice. Thanks for helping. Making it work. Yeah. I mean, I get what she was trying to do, but then Katie being so super pissed at Penny, I didn't understand that. Like... You know, he's like, it's not your fault. I was I was astral projecting, so I didn't feel the pain. And then that happened. Well, there's got to be a way for me to get back in my body. We, but then he burned his own body. Right. But Katie is just super pissed about everything and screaming about, if you weren't dead, I'd already kill you. Right. Okay. And then, of course, she throws the key. Do not throw that damn key. Do you right. know how hard it you was to get that? that? <laughs> Apparently, you want nothing to do with helping things out because you're going to wallow right now. But right. he's not dead, so there's always hope. Yes, there is. And she didn't want to believe that. She's too mad at herself for attempting to do what she did because of her feelings for Penny. And it's like, Katie, come on. Yes, come on. Get it together. Just like Alice, come on. <laughs> Instead of getting these two back, they seem to be getting further and further away from us. You know what? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Both Alice and Katie are just nowhere close to being on the same playing field as as everybody else. No. And in order for this to work, they need to get their shit together. Yeah. <sighs> and, of course, Katie doesn't help matters because she gets summoned into the office, and, of course, the doctor shows her the video of her screaming at nobody, and she's going to have to stay just a tad bit longer. And she's like, because no. Because she's a danger to herself and others. Yeah. No, no, I'm fine. I'm here on voluntary, and that's not why I'm here. Maybe not so much anymore. Yeah, she bolts out of there. And is not able to get out out of the building before she's captured. And this is what I was talking about. She did her own stunts because she, she was grabbed by two orderlies and right. kind of like jumping. I thought she was going to do like a flip. That's what it almost looked like. And I think yeah. that's when it she got that tweak on her arm. But she's pretty good looking. 
Bruce. Bruce, yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, they give her a sedative in the show. But I was screaming, and I was so mad at what was happening. And I, I don't know. It's like I understand in reality. Of course, I understand this would probably happen. But I'm watching this going, come on. She can't catch a damn break. Nope. And speaking of not being able to catch a break. <laughs> yeah. Poor Margo. Jeez. This poor girl. Huh. She pulls Tick aside at White Spire and she's like, let me see the, let me see the fairy repelling dust. And he's like, uh, I was only able to get like half a jar. And, and she's not too happy with Tick right now. No, not at all. Basically demands that he Fill the jar completely. So they can try to get rid of this fairy menace. But as this is trying to be discussed, they go into the throne room and it's like, what in the hell is happening? Because all these decorations and it seems like there's a lot of shit happening. It's like, uh, what's the what right now? <laughs> and the fairy queen shows up and says, oh, we're having a wedding and it's yours. Yeah. Margo's like, who's? What? What? The hell you say? Because apparently there's a kingdom that existed called the Floating Mountains, which is now crashed in because it's no longer floating, because there's no magic. It's crashed into Fillory. And, well, they have 4,000 spears. Maybe you need to suddenly be part of them. It's like, wait, why do I need an army? Yeah, who's going to come attack us? I thought you were the one protecting everything. Yeah. Miss Fairy Queen. No, it's prudent. There's an alliance. And, you know, you're going to marry the prince. And Margot's like, again, what? Woman, I am not just a bag of corn to be bartered with here. <laughs> and, oh, my God, Margot. Like, her level of sass. She's like my sassy spirit animal. That's what it is. I love it. Yes. And then suddenly Princess shows up. I'm like, wait. Is he suddenly part of these floating mountain people now? What no, is happening? Word, yeah, word got around real quick, thanks to uh, Fairy Queen, I'm sure. Since, you know, she can pop in and out everywhere, yeah. Well, of course, that causes some issues as he questions Margot's impending nuptials and wonders why she wouldn't marry him. Right. And it's like, well, let's see, because your dad married Elliot, so I don't really have to do it now. And we have the Floating Mountain, formerly. People show up, and Margot gets to meet her mother-in-law, the Stone Queen. The names. The names are killing me. Yes. <laughs> and it's interesting, though, because apparently the Stone Queen knows about the Fairy Queen. Oh, yeah. Which makes me wonder what the hell is going on on that side. Yeah. I have a feeling this is probably a a decision that is being made between the Stone Queen and the Fairy Queen to basically keep the Fairy Queen in power because of the manpower of the Stone Queen. See, because Fillory couldn't stand up against them if they ever decided to take over Fillory. Okay, see, I was thinking it was basically the same thing like the Fairy Queen is doing to Margot. Because she's like the Stone Queen, saying, oh, there was a certain very fair person. You know, she's like trying to say Fairy Queen, basically, without saying it. 
Right. Who said that this was incredibly important that it happen right away. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. And so I just assumed it was something that the Fairy Queen demanded or she was going to, like, I don't know, kill somebody. Right. So I don't know. It's kind of hard. But the Stone Queen's like, listen, why don't we let you meet your fiancé? And then that way things maybe won't be so weird. And Except she introduces... The youngest son. Probably. Oh my god, I love Margot. Margo. Oh hell no, I'm not even that freaky. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my god, they're they're giving her like a kid. Yeah. That's really weird. It's like, do you know nothing of like not even tradition, but morals? The mores of the earth, people, might be something you should know. But thankfully, yeah. thankfully, it wasn't the kid. And. The kid seemed kind of ticked off, though, seriously. Because the mother is yeah. like, no, my pebble, your time shall come. It's like, yeah. what's with the rock stuff? It was weird. But the older one comes out and like, oh, okay, at least he's closer age-wise, so it wasn't as awkward. And he was, he was cute. And Margo's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can do this. Right, but then I'm thinking, oh, Margo, you should have still been kind of mad. And then maybe right. things wouldn't have been so weird. Because you know the Fairy Queen is not going to let that shit fly if you're happy. That's right. And, of course, when we have Prince Micah try to explain things about rock and the Fertile Valley, it's like, okay, stop. Yeah. Please stop. But we do find out that this in his people, it's matriarchy. Right. Which is cool because Margo's like, okay, I can get down with this. And, of course, he's really naive. He's like, isn't that how it is everywhere? And she's like, yeah, sure, let's go with that. Yeah. And they have to get ready. And apparently, in their tradition, they get ready in the same room with just a little, I don't know what, dressing screen between them. Basically, that's all it was. And did Margo actually blush? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, her lady-in-waiting. I don't, I'm, like, trying to think of what these old-time, like, references are. Right. You know, helping her get ready. She's like, I don't know why we got to do this. She's like, well, there are some advantages. It's like, yeah. and yeah, I've, I'm like, she, she's blushing. I'm not used to this from Margot. No, not at all. <laughs> and then as she's kind of like, okay, I guess I can do this. Suddenly there's an arrow that bursts through that's like tipped in. It looked almost like fur or something. Right. Kind of look like S's uh, clothing. <laughs> right. And I'm like, no way he's trying to do this. Yeah, that's a setup. Yeah, and I thought, of course, it was the Fairy Queen. Right. And I'm sure it was. And, of course, Margot sees that fur and she's pissed and she goes to confront S. And they fight and she has him taken to the dungeon. And she's kind of uh, mean about it because she's like, and be a little rough with them. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, apparently he was into that. Gotcha. As you know, he's like, I didn't do it. You know, if I did, he wouldn't be alive. So right. don't act like it was it was that. And it's like, and I know you really liked when we were together. And this man, she cut him. Yeah. Honey. You wouldn't be in the top 50. <laughs> oh, I was like, damn. Just damn. That had to hurt. Even though we know S has been to Earth. And S was probably at that same big party in Ipaniza. So right. the big orgy, basically. But damn, that's all I'm going to say with that, and we'll move on. Yeah. And 
And then we get the beautiful wedding, which, by the way, costuming, oh my god, that was amazing. Yes. I am taken, like, completely in awe by these people who do the costumes for this, especially the Fillory set. Obviously, Earth, no big deal. It's clothes. But, (laughs) I mean, it is. You just go and buy trendy clothes. But... Everything with Fillory is just so amazing, the way they have the clothes, and it's very regal, like it should be. And right. when she, yes. they had her wedding dress, I'm like, oh, that looks so amazing. So, I'm sorry, I digress. She was great. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's move on. Sorry. And they put the rope around their wrist. Which was so weird, because I'm like, what are they doing? Oh my god, they're literally tying the knot. Yes. <laughs> and I... Is that, like, was that actually, like, an old tradition? I'm sure it was back in the day. That's awesome that they pull these little tiny things out. Like, you hear and you know what it is, but you don't think about it. Right. But as this is happening, of course, Margo's like, oh, yeah, why the hell not? She's like, oh, sorry, Earth tradition. Okay. (laughs) And then Micah's about to say yes, and suddenly there's an axe that just kind of comes forward on a string, which looked really flimsy. Yeah. And apparently really sharp, though, because cut off his head and blood everywhere all over Margo and over the Stone Queen. And there goes Micah's head. And I think right here, everybody was like, what the fudge? What just happened? Yeah. And of course, I, I do believe those were Margo's words. Yeah. Something along the lines, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Because all of a sudden, the younger brother pops up. He's like, okay, per tradition, I will do what I have to do. Yeah, I'll marry you. And, like, everybody's standing there going, what? What are you talking about? And Margo, of course, like, leading that charge. Oh, yeah, Margo was like, oh, oh, hell no. That chick goes, yeah, unfortunately, it's customary, even though he's the one who killed the guy. (laughs) He killed his own brother. And the mom just standing there, like, holding the head, like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can do this, but then once you're my husband, you're not king, which they do say he he would just be prince consort. Right. She can just, like, have him locked up. and Which I think she's going to have to before I, anything happens. Yeah, I mean, it's a matriarchy, so would the mom, in your opinion, be really opposed to it since uh, the younger brother, just Mr. Nutbag, decided to kill his own brother? I would think not, but... Stranger things have happened. <laughs> True. And this kid, I don't know, how old do you even think he is? I mean, it's not like a kid kid, but I'm He's thinking... 13 to 15. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like 14. Max would have been 16. Right, yeah. So, okay, so we're pretty much in the same ballpark. Yeah, he barely in, barely got into puberty. <laughs> uh, I was thinking a little bit further, because, man, he seemed to want to... to uh, yeah consummate pretty bad that's why i'm like thinking maybe he's as old as 16 possibly and i love it because margo's like it's a tradition i have to open every wedding present or your junk's gonna shrivel up and fall off like a rotten banana and then suddenly he's like best not chance it continue yeah (laughs) and i'm like oh good lord but she as this happened i felt horrible for her she's sitting there she's still like had the dress on, blood. blood, yeah. I I don't know how she didn't slap the hell out of him. Right. But she finds a wedding gift from Quentin. Peaches with a letter in it. Yes. And it reveals everything that happened to him and Elliot, which we will get to. Yeah. Because they had gone on their quest. 
and that they were long dead, which, seriously, when she was reading the letter, because it's Quentin's voiceover, yeah, I was like, oh my god! Yeah. But that they failed in their quest to get the key because Jane has it, and Margot has to track her down. Right. And I'm thinking, how is she tracking her down? Because she's dead. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't make sense. But apparently... There's a lot more shit happening in Fillory than we know. Absolutely. Because Oh, and, and I have to say, I have to go backwards when she does first meet Prince Micah. When she asks him, are you one of those weird princes? That are, I'm going to wake up, chained to the wall, and you're going to be shooting arrows at me? Because that is the way that Esme Bianco, who plays Jane Chatwin, the older version, right. died in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I thought that was great that they did that little nod. Yes. Which I thought was hilarious because it took a minute. I'm like, oh, that's just freaky. I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So Margo ends up finding Jane because apparently Fillory's got a lot of weird shit. Like I said, there's the clock barons, which because she still has the pocket watch that she was given to her to create time loops. She can still exist and still know everything that's happening, which is so weird. Yes, it is. And yes, she's dead in the outside world, but things are different here. And Margo's like, I need the key. She's like, you can't have the key in this this watch. Because this is what keeps the clock barons going and this keeps me alive. And I love that moment because Margo's like, you know what? I wish I had my own clock barons where shit wasn't all messed up. And I was happy. Because you don't understand. My friends are dead. I'm stuck married to a little psychopath. And I'm basically middle management. And she's like, no, listen, go back to Fillory. I can, or go back to break bills. I can send you there. The key is on my body. The physical key. You can get that. It's cool. And then you can save your friends. You can do everything you need. And trust me, Margo, you're going to become so powerful and you are going to be an amazing queen. You just have to wait. And Margo's just like, okay, I don't understand. And you're cool with me digging up your body. This is just weird yeah. shit. And she's <laughs> like, I'm very British. Which yeah. killed me. I loved it. But it was just so weird because right there, I start tearing up too. When Margo's doing that little spiel, it's like, my life has gone to shit. My friends are dead. And you're here yeah. acting like, no big thing. Yeah, you had to feel for Margo. I mean... At that point in time, it couldn't get any worse for Margo. No. Well, it can, but... <laughs> yeah, it can. Because she's but... got a horny little consort that's, <laughs> like, going to be humping her leg soon. But, yeah, it was just, like, so heartbreaking. I'm like, damn it. You got Katie and Penny issue messing with me. Now we have poor Margo, which you don't want to see Margo break down. No. Because she's, I like, know. you know, super strong for us. Like, that's really hard, seeing Margot. Yeah. Because so far, we've not seen that kind of emotion. Like, we've seen some really great speeches from Margot. Yeah. And you've seen the emotion, but you never, like, seen it kind of bubble to the surface. Like, you knew the emotion that was there. And so, when this is happening, and you can tell she is about to just lose it. Yes, she was. I, and that was... It was hard. You were cut. Yes, it was. It really was. It was getting dusty. It was like, come on, Margo, stay strong, stay strong. It was getting dusty in the in the room. I'm like, I think my eyes are watering. 
maybe. <laughs> and it won't be the last time. No. Oh, God. All right. Let's talk about Julia and Alice. And what an unusual pairing this is. Yes. But, but, I say, we finally get some answers. Yes, we do. Ugh. And it was pretty much what we expected. Almost. Yeah, but, well, yeah, kind of like right on the along the lines we were talking. Right. So Alice decides to visit Julia, who's researching religious texts, because of what Penny saw. Which I'm assuming was the white light when, which one of the guys, like his eyes turned white and he told Julia to go help Katie. Right. And Alice was just like, why are you doing this? And again, I think Alice is so lost without magic, she doesn't understand how to just search for information. Right. But Alice's eyes suddenly do that weird white thing. And she decides to tell Julia a message herself. And she's like, Alice needs your help. And next thing you know, like, Julia comes around the table and kind of touches Alice's face. And Alice drops the book. And she's like, what the hell? Yeah. What are you doing? It's like, how'd you get over here? And Julia's just like, why don't we go get a drink? Yeah. Okay. I guess alcohol will make it okay. I mean, <laughs> the physical kids, that's kind of their thing, right? Yeah. After a hard day of questing, uh, it's time to get some thirst. <laughs> well, with everything happening and they're drinking and talking, Alice is like, how come you can have it and nobody else does? And Alice, see, I don't know how I feel about the way she's asking things. Yeah. Because it seems suspicious to me. It's like, is it because of the whole Niffin thing? Is she just jealous because she was the smartest kid in the class kind of thing or what? I think it's a combination of both. I, I think she has gotten to the point where she is so lost without magic, she will probably go to any extreme to get it back. Mm. Which, because she was a Niffin, means there is no holes barred here. No, she has, like, nothing that will stop her. That's, you right. know, I, I believe that. Yeah, I do too. I think that there's any way possible she could get it, she will do whatever it takes. Well, when she asks her, you know, why you? And Julia's like, well, I think it's when Our Lady Underground retrieved my shade. There was just a little extra magic juice in there. And Alice is like, well, you know, this key shows you things that you you ha can't see. Yeah, the truths that are hidden. So maybe and, you can use it. Yeah, and Julia tells her, I've already tried it. I didn't see anything. And Alice goes, well, maybe the mirror will amplify it for you. Which makes me feel like Alice knew something. Yeah. And, well, the mirror did do it, because then suddenly we see the same eye thing as Reynard had. And yes. Julia freaked out. Yes, she does. And, well, when she takes her hands away from her face and comes back, she's in the same bar, but she's at a table with Our Lady Underground, which was interesting. Or, I'm sorry, she wasn't sitting with her. She was in the same room and goes to sit with her. Right. And she's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what did I just see? And this is when things got weird to me, like the way it was said. She's like, Our Lady Underground tells her... Well, I planted a seed in you from Reynard so that because you deserve the power. And Julia is just pissed. She's like, I don't want a seed because now it's living inside of me. And it made me feel, and I'm assuming made Julia feel, very much like she was attacked again. 
Right. Violation. Yes, this is being forced on her. Yep. And Our Lady Underground's like, you deserve this, you need this. The Chosen are not given a choice, basically. Right. Some of the Chosen are not given a choice, and you go, wow. Yeah. I was like, that is some shit. And, you know, when everything is said and done, and she comes back to, like, the real world, she tells Alice what what happened, and Alice is like, oh, well, who cares how you got it? You got it. She's like, you don't understand. Right. And and she's like, you know what? I'd give it to you if I could. And Alice is like, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe there's a way. Yeah. Alice, Alice, come on. Focus. I know you weren't friends with Julia, but maybe you cannot be like this magic whore right now. Right. Because she is being that. You are so thirsty for this damn magic. You are willing to do and hurt anybody is how it feels. Right. And it's funny. They've kind of flip-flopped personality. Yes. Remember in season one, Julia was that way. And Alice was the one who was calm and cool and collected and knew what to do. It is kind of interesting to see their personalities flip like this compared to season one. It was weird. Yes, it really was weird. Yeah, I I don't know if it's going to play out kind of the same because I don't know with Alice being a Niffin previously if she'll be able to hang on to humanity at all. Right. Especially if she gets godlike power. Right. That 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 scares me. Yeah. <laughs> because she already had a once and damn she messed stuff up. Yeah. <sighs> so. Let's go to Quentin and Elliot, our next group that will definitely make us cry. Yes, they will. <laughs> So they're brainstorming on how to obtain the next key in their quest, and according to the book, a mosaic must be solved. Well, of course, Quentin remembers his reading and mentions that Jane Chatwin attempted to solve the same mosaic in Fillory, but failed when she discovered someone else solved it first. Which I love that Quentin is trying to tell Elliot about it, and Elliot has no clue because he's never read the books. Right. (laughs) So... Yeah, they're like, okay, well, how the heck do we get anywhere? And Elliot's the one who comes up with, well, you know, this key worked at the boat. Maybe it'll work here. That clock worked. We actually have the grandfather clock that the chat ones use. Oh, and then we have Snarky Bunny show up. (laughs) Margo announcing that she's going to need help because she's about to get married. And I love it. Elliot's like, does that sound like Margo? And I can't remember exactly what she said, but it's like something like, listen, asshats, get your shit together. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's Margo. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny, but it's not, but it is. Yeah. So, of course, they walk up to the clock and at first don't see any place to put the key, but then Quentin does find it. They open up the clock and they pause for a second. Shouldn't we get the rest of the troops? No, because we don't know how long this thing's going to stay open, so they go through. And as they say it, it kind of flickered. Yes. And yeah, when they go in, both of them are like, oh my god, do you feel that? Yeah, do you smell that? It's like, there's magic! And we can't use it, no! Well, you know what? I don't know, because I thought they, they were able to use it, because Elliot's flask kept refilling. True. But they look at, they can see Castle Whitespire, and they're like, oh, shit. We're backwards yeah. in time, because they're just building the one turret. They're like, damn, where, when are we, is the question. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if they get their stuff together, they'll make it to back to the right timeline. 
Yeah. And they find the mosaic in a clearing with the tiny cottage erected next to it. Convenient. Yeah. And the guy there says, I've had it. I can't figure this out. And leaves. Yes. And I love how Quentin is like, we can do this. Yes. No big deal. It's simple. Is it, though? (laughs) No, it was not. Because, of course, this was a basically a puzzle that once put together is the beauty of life. Yes, the beauty of everything and everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, nice and simple, gotcha. Right, so, of course, Q separates all the tiles into colors and starts calculating the number of permutations to try to figure out exactly how many there are before they even attempt it. And how many were there, Steve? Ah, it was um, a very large number. I I believe the exact wording he said was a shit ton. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's interesting because as they're doing it, they're keeping track of what they've done. So, I, I mean, that's interesting. So they've done some amazing work, and right. then they're getting pissed at each other and pushing each other, and it's like, it's been two weeks, and then who knows how long it's been, and then it's a year, and it keeps kind of going on. And I'm wondering why Quentin's hair wasn't getting longer. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, Quentin and Elliot get together, and then right. it's like... that was the one-year anniversary. Okay. As they're having wine, Clinton gives him a smooch, and then they get a little more intimate. And then it's like, let's not make this awkward. Right. Yes, and then it's just like years, and then there's a woman who keeps coming around with peaches and plums. Right. And she has somebody with him, and then suddenly she doesn't have somebody with him, and then suddenly Quentin is like, he makes a move, which is surprising. Yes. Especially for Quentin, (laughs) and I think Elliot's like, oh, he finally did something. Yeah. So apparently they... I don't know if they technically get married, because who knows, in Fillory. Right. But they have a kid, and then apparently his wife, Q's wife has passed, and, and then we have a My Two Dad situation happening. Yes. And the son grows older, and then leaves, and this whole time they're constantly doing the mosaic. Right, still working on the mosaic. And, you know, it's sweet, everything that's happened, and Quentin's son is going to leave, and he's like, just remember if we're not here, and Quentin... You know, the kid is kind of like, yeah, I understand. You'll be dead. It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I am really going to be curious to see if Q's son doesn't somehow show up in the future. You know what? A lot of people were saying that. Yeah. I really think we're going to see Q's son again. I really, really do. And I... I'm going to put a pin in that for a minute because I want to come back to it when we talk a few more moments about another situation, which I think totally validates what you're saying. So we see, of course, Elliot and Q are old men, like white hair. And, you know, they're like, did you ever think about our friends and, and what they must be doing? And Q's like, I dream about them sometimes. And next thing you know, Elliot is dead. And I'm like, Oh, my God. Yeah. So cue the tears. And I do want to say they actually made them look good and look older. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I tweeted out that uh, Q kind of had a very Gandalfish look to him. 
But so many times when they try to make younger people look older, they don't make them look older. They just make them look weird. Yeah. Like, rubbery. They looked great. They did an excellent job. Yes. Excellent job. And it's so sad because, you know, Q's like, we didn't do this. We failed. But we had a good life, I guess. And he's going to bury his friend. And as he's about to... Yeah, as he's digging a grave... There's another tile. Another tile shows. And it was a gold one, I think. Yeah. And takes it and puts it kind of in the middle and looks at it. And suddenly a key appears. It's like, are you kidding me? Yes. So (laughs) the beauty of everything and everything from what I'm gathering from this was you had to live a life, live a good life. You, You lived with your friend. You've done everything that you set out to do. And you were still, like, together in the end. Right. Which sounds really deep. But I totally agree. That That's what I thought the whole puzzle was as well, was them being able to spend their lives together, attempting to solve the puzzle, yet still having lives. Yeah. So that happened, and then Jane appears. And she's like, you've yes. already solved it. Because suddenly, like, it filled in, too. Yeah. And she's like, you've... You solved it, but I need the key because it's the only way to stop my brother from turning evil. And, of course, Q knows what's happening. Q knows that Martin's going to be the beast, and it's the only way that she can try to do something because she has to create the time loops with this watch, but she has to have the key. Right. And she gives the key to Jane. Now, this is what I wanted to come back to when you were saying with his son, or possibly his son's son, because... If in the current fillery when Margo went to see Jane and Jane did have the key and all of the things happened, all of the time loops. Right. I think that would be why the son or the son's son will be able to play a part because it actually happened. Right. And Q gets like his wish basically from way back in season one that he always wanted to meet Jane. He always wanted to be a part of the story. Right. This he was an integral part of the story. Yes, he was. And so, yeah, I think there's a little time loop for you there. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. But it's weird because it's like, all right, all of that happened. And then we see Elliot and Quentin before the grandfather clock again, like about to start their adventure. And that's when Margot burst in and she's like, you looking for this, bitches? (laughs) (laughs) And so Margot tells them about the timeline because of everything that keeps she would wrote her, right? but they have no knowledge. And that's why a lot of people on Twitter were like, well, did that happen then? Right. But it had At to have because of the key. question that. Like, it took me a couple right. days to think about that. But it's like, but because of that key and the fact that Jane had it, it had to, right? Yes. Well, and once they get back to Fillory, of course, this the place is basically the same way as it was when... Margot found out they died, so the basket of peaches is there, the letter is there. Yes. Hugh sits down and reads the letter. And Elliot eats a peach. Elliot grabs a peach and starts eating it. And suddenly Elliot remembers everything. And it's so weird because then Quentin remembers. Quentin remembers everything. So it's like, So yes, they remember their lives together now. Which is so weird. Talk about Wibbly Wobbly, which they said that in this episode. I know. It made me so happy. I'm like, thank you. Wibbly Wobbly, Chibi Wimey. I loved it. Thank you for the nod to Dr. Who. It had to be Margot that said it. You know, she's an undercover nerd. 
She she's read all the stuff. She watches all the stuff. I love her, and she's so damn sassy. And and I do want to say now is Margot that short and Elliot that tall? Because when they hugged, I'm like, dang, there's like a good foot. Yeah, I was like, holy cow. Uh, yes, I do believe that there is that big of a difference. Big of a difference. Wow. I love it. They do a good job of hiding it. Well, normally in she's wearing case, heels. Yeah. Wasn't able to. Well, I think that was part of the thing too. She was just so exhausted and. Right. Yeah. And she says, "Yeah, I got to get some sleep before." <laughs> Basically, the walking boner wakes up. Yeah. Yeah. With ideas. <laughs> Which now that Elliot's back in Fillory, I feel like he can be like, mm, "You have to wait till you're of age." Sorry, child. This yeah. consummation's going to wait. Think they will come up with something that will. Keep this one. Yeah, that should be interesting too. How it happens? I just, yeah, it's got weird weirdness written all over it. But, yeah. but I, I liked then that they remember, and I'm hoping that that does somehow like play a big part. Yeah, I think it will. So we'll see. Oh, uh, so yeah, I got a little teary eyed again, and then of course Margot kind of breaks it up when she's like. You know, I've robbed the cradle and the grave, both in this dress, so maybe I need to go shower. I don't know. But anyway, so what do you guys think about the show? What are your theories on this? Because there was a lot, of course, going on. I loved it. Steve, I'm guessing, loves it. Oh, absolutely loved this episode. Did you guys cry? I want to know. Somebody shoot us an email, sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know what you think, and while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and any other platform that you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends. If you haven't gotten your friends in this show, I'm, like, super surprised at this point, too. This is so good, and I'm just sitting here looking at the book going, all right, I got to read that, I got to read it. But I'm reading 1984 right now, because I've never read that book, so with everything going on in the real world, I'm reading that. But Magicians is next up. So... Don't forget to check out the website at www.fangirlzone.com. It has our links to all of our other pages, and it'll have a bunch of news on there. Steve's always posting stuff on our Facebook page, um, different videos that he finds, especially from Sci-Fi, which they put so many out because they're amazing. Yes. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean fangirl And I'm Steve. Time travel only really makes sense to me when I'm on a good deal of peyote. And until next time.